0: that's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. PDW. void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. How would you like a 15% discount to my daily email? The stack of stuff, the show notes, discounts to the conference, all of that. All you need to do is text the word show to 33777. You'll get the annual subscription with a 15% discount to my daily email. You'll get the stack of stuff, the links to the show notes, discounts to the conference, and so much more. All you have to do is text the word show, S-H-O-W. To 33777. Tech Show to 33777. Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show Podcast, Hour 2. Hello, America. Welcome. It's Eric Erickson here across the nation. The phone number 877. Nine seven three seven four two five. Should you wish to be on the program, we must start with the panic setting in among Democrats over not Joe Biden's polling in the economy, but Donald Trump. Sean Trendy writes at Real Clear Politics. Sean Trendy is a great guy. Uh, I can't say enough nice stuff about him. Uh, he's also brilliant when it comes to understanding data analysis, the numbers polling he's very, very good, and he's a great writer. He has this piece at real clear politics it 's in the show notes. You should subscribe to the show notes if you text Eric to three three seven 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 you can get the show notes. Not only can Trump win right now he's the favorite to win that's sean trendy's analysis. There's a strange disjunction in the discourse about the 2024 elections. On the one hand, when presented with the proposition Trump can win, people will nod their heads sagely and say something along the lines of, of course he can, only a fool would believe to the contrary. At the same time, whenever polling emerges showing that Donald Trump is performing well in 2024 matchups, a deluge of panicked articles, tweets, social media posts, and the like emerge, reassuring readers that polls aren't predictive and providing a variety of reasons that things will improve for President Biden. As the saying goes, actions speak louder than words. Elections analysts seem to know that they are obliged to mouth the words that Trump can win, but deep down they don't believe them. The notion that Biden is the favorite is deeply internalized, likely for a variety of reasons. So let's set the record straight. Trump can win, not in a maybe if all the stars align and then Russia changes the vote totals kind of way, just flat out Trump can win. As of this writing, Trump leads Biden by 2.6 percentage points nationally in the Real Clear Politics polling average. This is Trump's largest lead in the average to date, not for 2024, mind you, ever. As of uh, let's put this in perspective, in 2016, Trump led Hillary Clinton for all of five days in the national real career politics average, each of those days in the immediate aftermath of the Republican convention. He led in 29 polls taken over the course of the entire campaign, 10 of which are recorded in the averages as the Los Angeles Times USC tracking polls. In 2020, Trump never led Biden in the national average. He briefly closed to within four points in early January of 2020, but that's it. He led in five polls all cycle. So counting the LA Times tracker as a single poll, Trump led in a total of 24 national polls. This cycle, he's led in that many since mid-September. He's led in more polls in the past three weeks than he did against Biden in all of 2019-2020. You may be thinking that we don't elect our president via the popular vote, but rather do so through the Electoral College. That is, of course, true. It also makes Trump's current position in the polls all the more striking. After all, Trump has consistently outperformed his polling, and his Electoral College positioning has consistently been stronger than his national positioning. That doesn't mean that this will necessarily hold in 2024, and at some point, the Republicans' worsening positions in the suburbs will reverse the Electoral College dynamics, That has plagued Democrats the last few cycles. But you can look at state-level polling as well. In 2016, Trump somewhat infamously never led in a poll in Wisconsin. He was never within more than three points of Clinton there. He led in a single poll in Michigan and a single poll in Pennsylvania. His lead in North Carolina never exceeded two points in the averages, while in Florida his largest lead was only 1.2 points. The 2020 comparison is even more striking. Trump led Biden in Florida in the RCP average briefly in October and March of that year. In Arizona, it was the same story. North Carolina was a little better for Trump as he led in the averages perhaps quarter of the time. In Ohio, Trump led in only six polls all cycle. He led in five polls in Pennsylvania. In Michigan, it was five polls. In Wisconsin, it was four. To put this in deeper perspective, Mitt Romney never led Barack Obama in the Real Clear Politics polling average in Wisconsin and led in just three polls. Pennsylvania, he only led in three polls. In Michigan, he led in just eight polls. Or Ohio, Romney led 10 polls all cycle. Things were a bit sunnier for Romney in Florida, where he had leads in the low single digits frequently. The same is true for North Carolina, although Obama led there until May. What is the state polling show today? Trump leads the real-clear politics average in Michigan for the first time ever. Pennsylvania, he leads for the first time ever and has led in most polls. He narrowly trails Biden in Wisconsin, but has already led in almost as many polls as he led in the state in 2016 and 2020 combined. His 7 tenths percent deficit compares to his previous best showing in the state, a 3.5 percent deficit in August of 2020. Florida, Trump has tied or led in every poll, including some double-digit leads. Arizona, he leads by five. Georgia, he leads by six. Ohio, polling is sparse, but he leads by 10. In other words, analyzing this election correctly is it just a matter of giving lip service to the notion that Trump can win this election? The correct position right now is that Trump is better positioned in the polls to win this election than any Republican nominee since 20 or 2004. Not only that, he habitually overperforms his polling. Frankly, if you are willing to set favorites this far out, you almost certainly should declare Donald Trump the favorite to win election in 2024. Does that mean Trump will win the presidency? Absolutely not. There are good arguments why perceptions of the economy will improve between now and then, although many that they won't. Perhaps Trump will underperform his polling this time, as the GOP did in 2022. Maybe he won't. There are good arguments that Trump's criminal trials will erode his standing in the polls, although having watched scandals unfold for the better part of four decades now, maybe they won't. These all make for fun speculation and are a useful reminder that if a week is a lifetime in politics, then a year is, well, a very, very long time. Analysts should, of course, feel free to indulge in gaming out the possibilities. But when the conversation returns to what we do know, there honestly is only one correct answer. Trump can win the election and is well positioned to do so. Sean Trindy is absolutely right. There's no reason to dispute it. The polling shows it. And again, I'm not a believer in the polls. I'm a believer in the polling average. There's something different between now and 2022. In 2022, there were a bunch of really bad Republican polls, and they shifted the polling average to the GOP's favor. Trafalgar was a terrible pollster in 2022, and it wasn't alone. The Republican pollster screwed it up. Had you taken all of the partisan polls out and just run with the national media polling, you would have gotten 2022 almost exactly right. Had you taken out the PPP Democratic poll? Had you taken out the, the Democracy Corps poll? Had you taken out the Trafalgar poll and the Rasmussen poll? You'd have gotten 2022 pretty right. Just look at the media polls. The media polls are not there to design a narrative. They're there to try to tell what's going on. I know people don't believe that. People want to believe that they're being misled or, or whatnot. But I think the polling by the credible pollsters, most of the mainstream media uses credible pollsters even as they quibble with the results of the individual polls. They're trying to tell you what's going on in the country. What they should be telling Democrats right now is you have a massive problem. The guy you believe is an existential threat to democracy is going to beat Joe Biden. That being said, there are things you should take away from this to not get overly optimistic. One, the same polling that shows Donald Trump beating Joe Biden shows Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley also beating Joe Biden. In fact, it shows Nikki Haley curb-stomping Joe Biden. She doesn't win by little. She wins by a lot. Ron DeSantis does very well as well. In fact, the Republicans across the board do. But not just that, it's that Donald Trump beats everybody. Look, I I can be the one to say this. I should be the one to say this. It's like the old Vulcan proverb, only Nixon could go to China. If you know that quote, you're my friend. I'm not a Trump fan. I, I don't care for Donald Trump. I liked the policies he gave us, but I'm I'm not a fan. So let me be the one to say this as someone who is not a fan of Donald Trump. Democrats, you have a massive problem because as much as you think Donald Trump is an existential threat to democracy, the American public does not, and they're willing to go with Donald Trump. And they're willing to go with Donald Trump because they really dislike Joe Biden and they dislike Joe Biden's performance as president. And you can bellyache about that, and you can be the one to say the polls are wrong, and you can be the one to say you need to unskew the polls. But I'm telling you, as someone who's not a fan of Donald Trump, Donald Trump can totally get elected president next year. Yes, it is true that it will be harder for Donald Trump than it would be for Nikki Haley or Ron DeSantis. It is true that the media has not begun to devote uh, just massive amounts of attention To Donald Trump like they will, it is true the polling will shift, but it is also true Joe Biden is a deeply unpopular president and Donald Trump didn't make people broke when he was president of the United States. Joe Biden can complain about stability and call Donald Trump the chaos candidate, but Russia was not in Ukraine and Hamas was not beheading babies in the Middle East when Donald Trump was president and the Iranians were contained. The problem for Joe Biden is that as much as he belly aches and complains and says Donald Trump's a threat to democracy and going to undermine the country, and if you put him back in office, he will never leave again, people are just tired of Joe Biden and his economy. Most people really don't believe that Donald Trump, if he gets reelected again, will refuse to ever leave the White House. They don't believe that. I don't believe that, but here's the thing. Democrats don't believe it either. Democrats, let me just talk to you for a minute. Democrats, if you really believe that Donald Trump is an authoritarian threat to democracy, then you have a moral obligation to shove Joe Biden out of the way and run someone else because at this point, Donald Trump is leading Joe Biden in the polling averages of the national liberal media's polls. It's not that Joe, that Donald Trump is just leading in the polls. It's that he's never led like this before. Donald Trump did not perform this way in 2016's polling. He did not perform this way in the 2020 polling. He's performing this way now. He's curb-stomping not just Joe Biden in the polling, but any Democrat you put up against Donald Trump right now, he's beating. But he particularly beats Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. If you really believe that Donald Trump is some sort of existential threat to the government and to the country and to the Constitution, you have a moral obligation to get rid of Joe Biden and find someone else to be your nominee because Joe Biden is going to get curb stopped by Donald Trump. But much like when liberals preach about global warming from their private jets, I get this distinct idea that Democrats don't really believe their rhetoric. I get this idea that Democrats really don't believe Donald Trump's this existential threat they claim he is because if they really believed it, they would be booting Joe Biden tomorrow to stop Donald Trump because it is very clear a year from the election, Donald Trump is in the best polling position he has ever had. And every time Donald Trump has run for office, including in 2020 when he lost, he still outperformed the public polling. So if he's already ahead right now in the public polling, the odds are he's actually ahead by more than the polls reflect. And you're putting up against him, Joe Biden, who he's crushing in the polls in this bad economy. Democrats, if you really believe that Donald Trump is the threat you say he is, you've got to get rid of Joe Biden. But I don't think you really believe he's the threat you say he is. I think you just tell that to people to try to get people worked up into a frenzy so that they might actually side with Biden. It's not going to work when the American people hate Joe Biden and Bidenomics. Guys, if you're a small, mid-sized business, you're struggling with HR issues, you have employees not showing up, or you got to do a termination, you need onboarding of employees, maybe there's a sexual harassment complaint, you want an HR manager. You don't want to be the bad guy with your employees. Bambi can play the role of HR for you. $99 a month, available by phone, email, real-time chat. They do onboardings, terminations. They help your team members get to peak performance. And your business stays compliant with changing HR regulations, regardless of which state. They're great. Now, they're U.S.-based. you got somebody to talk to who's dedicated to your team. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. Let me go to the phones real quick and get Philip's phone call here. Philip, welcome to the show. How are you?
1: Hello. Nice to speak to you. You too. Uh, the Democrats, I believe, are well aware that Donald Trump is not an existential threat to anything but their own power and grasp on the mind of most people in this country mm-hmm. that's why they despise him and that's why they're going to the nth degree to have an optic of him being taken away in chains in an orange jumpsuit i think that will happen i think the system has been so corrupted that they will put him in prison and there will be some who will say well now that he's in prison uh we got to move on Uh, I don't know even that a a man convicted of a felon could even vote for himself at that point. My problem is that Trump, yes, is a flawed guy, but he sees them for what they are, and that's why they despise him. He sees all the duplicity. I'm uh, just concerned that America has become so corrupt that the people who wish to bring it down have all the microphones, have all the unions, have all the college uh, uh, CEOs uh, that it's difficult to get the truth out there. But if, and when, uh, because frankly, uh, even if I love Trump or Biden, they're too old and I don't see anyone else who has really a chance except the man down in Florida, uh, who I really get behind. Who would you say is the man who could actually win? Because I am a practical, pragmatists at the end of the day, if uh, Trump okay. is somehow uh, precluded from running.
0: Yeah. So it, look, even if he's convicted, the, the U S constitutional requirements for president don't preclude a, a conviction. He could be in prison and still run for president. That would be deeply problematic. And I suspect a lot of people in the middle would say, eh, you can't really do this. This is a bridge too far to get someone to, to run the white house from prison. Uh, but uh, I will say that I, I think you're right about DeSantis. Um, I I really think that uh, Haley, DeSantis, any of those people could. And do I think they could win? Yes. Um, I do think between Haley and DeSantis, and I'll get into this more after the break, um, the way I see it in all honesty, I I, I love Nikki, and she'd be a great president. I'd be proud to vote for her. She's a dear friend. I think when you look at the underlying fundamentals of the election, though, that DeSantis is more likely to, um, if he were to leave – send people to Trump. If Haley were to leave, she sends people to DeSantis. So if the race is to consolidate, it consolidates in either DeSantis or Trump's favor. So which do you prefer? I, I She's going to have to show that she can do more. And now she's got the AAP endorsement. We'll talk about this when we get back. Right now, I got to tell you about stamps.com. Listen, y'all, I was with my wife this morning. She had a procedure done, uh, just outpatient, like annual checkup sort of thing. And well 10-year checkup thing it was her first time we won't go into details but all the people coughing and i was thinking again about the the stamps.com stuff because one of the things I tell you is, is you can avoid all the people coughing in line and you really can you can get pickup here i've actually got a package i got to send out this afternoon to a friend and ups is coming to my office and they're going to pick it up and i arranged it all on stamps.com and save money You can do that, too. All you need is a computer and printer. You print your labels, put it on the package, and arrange for pickup. Post Office UPS, you can save up to 84%, find the fastest or the cheapest options, whichever you need to get it there as quick as possible, and they show up. You can skip the lines. If you go to Stamps.com, you click the microphone, and you put in my name, Eric, you save money. You you get a limited-time offer. You get a free digital scale. You get free postage, and you save money using Stamps.com. I've used them for 20 years. That's how long I've been a customer of Stamps.com. Stamps.com, click the microphone, put in my name, Eric. Skip the lines at the package stores this Christmas. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Hello there. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson, the phone number 877-973-7425. I'm going to go to Lewis. Lewis, how are you? I haven't talked to you in a while.
2: Hey, Eric, um, you mentioned the issue about the natural gas. Uh, a lot of the older gentlemen decided to give up natural gas because propane was not charging them during the summertime when they didn't have to eat their homes. And you have a lot of rural areas that have propane. And propane really took a uh, big play away from natural gas. I actually think that the natural gas, if you kept it in the home, would have probably been a little cheaper than having to constantly go out to the propane every year. Um, you have a lot of homes that don't have uh, natural gas pipeline, so they had to go to propane or, or electric heat. But another uh, drawback to that is if you actually go get a loan for a house, you have to have two heat sources. You have to have either a gas or an electric source. So that's another reason that the the propane and the natural gas is a big player within our energy. Uh, I do believe that uh, propane is not as hot and it doesn't cook as efficient as natural gas does, but it does do the job.
0: Oh, and you have so many I, different I, people I in there. Propane actually was, was was hotter than the natural gas. Interesting. I, I well, no, uh, I can actually get more.
2: I can get a more boil and a quicker time with natural gas than I can propane. And um, you still have to pipe it out of the ground, just like you do natural gas. You just got to tank it, and they got to take it out of the tank to a truck, and then take it to your house depending on how with the quantity you want to have per year. Uh, I know in the South, uh, the propane's a big deal. In the North, with heating oil, all they're doing is taking diesel fuel and heating in their homes with the diesel fuel because they have oil heaters in the Northeast. Uh, they, Northeast still plays a big deal of running the old school way. And they don't update anything. They just update back to a newer source of the old way. And uh, you are right about that natural gas becoming an issue of redoing everything. It's just that when propane came along, I think what happened was it took a lot of financial uh, strong away from the natural gas to be able to update everything.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, you know, I got to stop you there because a, a professor at the University of Georgia is listening to us uh, and he says, actually, it's, it's propane is more energy efficient than natural gas, that a cubic foot of natural gas generates a 1,012 British thermal units and the same cubic foot of propane generates 2,520 British thermal units, but that uh propane is liquid and can't be transported to homes by pipe. So it's less convenient for homes. Okay, I'm wrong, man. I'm not that smart on that, so. <laughs> no, no, that's okay. But to your point, I mean, you you know, so so oddly, Lewis, and let me let you go there. And you can listen to this. Our house that I live in, and it's funny you should call on the subject of all things. I have a side story here. Um, so our house does not have natural gas. It's, I've never lived in a house that didn't have a natural gas connection until this house. So we've lived there for about 10 years now, and we've got – uh, we got a propane tank. Well, you know, the, the folks at Renai, God bless them. And, you know, I feel bad. I got to confess, I feel bad. I've thanked them on air, but I I have I don't feel like I have thanked the folks at Renai enough. Literally, the CEO of the company was listening to me one day talking about my my uh, our electric water heater had broken and our daughter, I mean, just wipes out the hot water in our house. She has very long hair. And the electric water heater, she just wipe out the tank. And he's like, we would love to put a Renai hot water system in, which is hilarious to me in, the, in this way. When I was a kid, my dad loved Paul Harvey. Adored. So did I. And Paul Harvey advertised for renai tankless water heaters, the forever hot water heater. And I was like, one day when I'm old, I, I'm, and you know, this was when I was a kid, so I mean like my age now, which hilariously I don't find as old anymore, but I'm going to put a forever hot water heater in my house. Well, we never did. We didn't have natural gas. We had the propane tank. The Renai the CEO, though, as nice as he can be, reaches out and says, we would love to put this in your house. This is my this is my payola, plugola thing here that, that I didn't pay for it. Um, it was a gift, and you should know that. Uh, and This is an endorsement. I'm just telling you, my gosh, we don't run out of high water. And my kid has, like, the longest hair. And now my son, can I say that my blonde-headed white son has an afro? Oh, y'all, this this kid... I don't know where he gets these curls from, and he's got a, a restriction in school that the hair can't be below his eyebrows or above, below his ears, and so he gets that trimmed, and his hair just goes up. It is the dirtiest thing. Like, I don't have hair like My wife doesn't have hair like this, and his hair is super curly and just grows straight up. Literally, for Halloween, he went as Bob Ross. That gives you an idea of my kid's haircut. It is the most bizarre thing. I don't know where he gets it from. But um, in any event, and I keep telling his school, by the way, that you got all these restrictions on here. You need an altitude limit now, and the principal's like, "No way! I want to see how high this thing can get." (laughs) But we never—you don't run out of hot water with one of these things when you got the natural gas or the propane. With it, it's just—it's phenomenal. Our electric bill just went—I mean, we're gonna put Georgia Power out of business, I think, because our electric bill dropped so much. Uh, Once we got the the Renai, but last night, it's very cold here in middle Georgia. My wife was sitting in front of the fireplace and my daughter was in the shower. And about the time the fireplace turned off by itself, my daughter came out of the shower and said, the water's gotten cold. Somebody forgot to call to fill up the propane tank. I'm not going to say who might've been me, but I would never, ever admit to being the one who for y'all literally, I woke up yesterday. As a matter of fact, I woke up yesterday. I, I, I swear on the Holy Bible, this is a true thing. I woke up yesterday and thought, you know, it's getting cold. I should probably go check and see how much propane is left in the tank out back. It's been a while since we filled it up. I totally forgot totally forgot man the responsibilities of adult i totally forgot we probably need a bigger tank at this point with the hot water heater uh and and the and the the two we've got two gas fireplaces um that's all we use it for but completely i mean just just dry we don't have a natural gas hookup or I would have done that. But y'all still, uh the 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 other than me forgetting to check to see how much and apparently there are there are like wireless like gauges you can get now that like will alert you when your propane tank is low. And I don't have one. Our gauge is halfway broke anyway. Um I, I, I probably need to get a new I need to get a new propane tank for the house at some point. But nonetheless, thankfully I called the the propane company the last night. They're like, We'll be over there in the morning. So By the time I get home this afternoon, I will have a hot shower. Thank you, Jesus. And thank you, Renai, which is fantastic, until some idiot at my house who might be me forgot to go check to see. Um, As to the issue of natural gas and propane, though, this goes back for y'all who are wondering about this. Uh, There was a story the other day that I talked about that the United States, particularly New England, nearly had a disaster on its hands that could have led to tens of thousands of deaths this past winter, they had a cold snap and people turned on their power. And in New York, they've gotten rid of coal burning power plants and they haven't replaced them with nuclear, they've replaced them with natural gas power plants. So the natural gas power plants had to get crank into high gear, burn a lot of natural gas to generate a lot of power for people who were turning on electric heaters and stuff. But a lot of people in New England use natural gas in their stoves and in their heaters and in their furnaces. And natural gas usage increased so much that the supply and pressure in the pipes cratered, and it almost caused pilot lights to go out. And here's what happens. When all the pilot lights go out, the power company has to go manually relight them. If you're talking a million pilot lights that had to be relit, it would have taken months to get them all relit. And it's, it's a massive crisis because so many, uh, so many power companies have switched from coal to natural gas because of carbon emissions. They haven't built nuclear power plants. We are tapping our grid at a ridiculous rate, and uh, we got all sorts of problems in the country. You know, as a matter of fact, there's a, there's a story. Um, where is it? It was in, uh, the Daily Signal, which is part of the Heritage Foundation. It has this story. That uh, auto manufacturers are telling the Biden administration, you need to back off your EV requirements. Uh, in addition to, we do not have a national power grid capable of handling the mass conversion of EVs in this country. We don't have a consumer that wants them. All the people who have want electric cars have them now. They are selling less than 7% per year in the overall market, and they're declining. So they're at 7% of all auto sales in this country are electric vehicles, and that number is trending down. They're more expensive, and most people don't have uh, hookups at their house to be able to effectively charge them, and they don't want to charge them on their trips. They would prefer to do it at home, but a lot of people live in apartment buildings that don't have chargers either. It's becoming a massive, massive problem. And Ford and General Motors and Stellantis – Uh, The big three and a bunch of other auto manufacturers and auto parts makers are telling the Biden administration, you have got to walk back your regulations and you've got to make California back off their regulations because nobody wants these things. Nobody's buying these things. There has not been an increase in sales despite subsidies. There's actually been a significant decline in sales. And the most remarkable thing is that, despite the real world data of what's happening, they they're not they're not doing it. Here we go. Auto dealers. A coalition of four thousand auto dealers. This is from uh, Diana Ferscott Roth at The Daily Signal. A coalition of nearly four thousand auto dealers on Tuesday sent a letter to President Biden explaining why his plans to force Americans into electric vehicles are unworkable. The bottom line. Despite subsidies to car manufacturers to make the EVs and the tax credits for drivers to buy the cars, only 7% of new vehicle sales are electric, compared with the Biden goal of 60% in 2030 and 66% in 2032. The auto dealers wrote that the supply of unsold battery electric vehicles is surging. They're not selling nearly as fast as they are arriving at our dealerships, even with deep price cuts, manufacturing incentives, and generous government incentives. Ford is scaling back production. General Motors is scaling back production. Auto manufacturers around the world are scaling back production. Toyota has decided to skip EV production generally and go with hybrids because that seems to be where the market might go. And also, they're more expensive than a gas-powered car. I, I You know, I read another story, just as an aside, before, before I get to commercial break. You know, in if you go down to Cuba, I have never been to Cuba. It's a communist nation hard to get to i know people who go and they remark about all the old cars from the 50s and 60s that are still on the roads there. are all the old american cars from the 50s you know the gorgeous old cars you watch a tv show from like the 50s and 60s you're like why don't we make beautiful works of art like that to drive in anymore and there's a lot of speculation now that more and more americans are holding on to older cars and continuing to fix them up much like in cuba because the older cars are easier to fix easier to preserve easier to maintain it's, it's very intriguing. And when I think about it, look, I'm not a car guy, my son is a car guy. I am not a car guy. My brother-in-law, so he was a, um, in the Navy, he's a brilliant mechanic. He can fix anything, and he loves to fix cars. And the newer and newer stuff is more and more technologically convoluted. It's basically a, a computer, not a car, and people can't maintain their own cars. And it is remarkable that we're in a situation like this where americans are thinking i can't buy a new car because i won't be able to maintain it myself but that's where we're headed thanks to government regulation now we need to we need to take a time out here uh before i move on to other things let me tell you about vision computers first speaking of computers you know people who are great car mechanics not necessarily computer people. I was a computer person growing up. I I could build a computer and put it together. And I know what it takes, I know what it costs. Uh, I used to do it, now I'm more of a a Mac guy than a PC guy. When I was a kid, I I liked to dabble in it. Um, And I just don't wanna have to deal with PCs anymore. Because I'm now such a Mac guy. But a lot of people need PCs, including my son, wanted a gaming PC. So we went to Vision Computer and got one from them. Uh, they sat down with us. We told him the sorts of games that he plays, what he wants to play, and also what he wants to do. He wants to be an architect. He's going to run CAD software. He needs a good GPU. So they built him a computer that's going to last him. And not only that, now if he has a problem, he doesn't ask your old dad. Thank goodness. He calls Vision. And they can help him with anything. He's had just mundane questions about how to do stuff. And Vision helps him. They can do that for you or your business as well. If you're a small businessman in particular, Vision can build your computers for your office and then also be your tech support so you don't have to hire an in-house IT person. You just let your employees call Vision. They give you a special number, 15 seconds or less, they answer the phone. You get an answer for them faster than you can search in Google. All you do is go to visioncomputers.com, visioncomputers.com, or you call them, 404-COMPUTE. If you call them at 404-COMPUTE and you ask about the Eric Erickson special, they can save you even more money visioncomputers.com or 404 compute you can call them any time, nationwide nationwide not just to the metro atlanta area nationwide call vision start a lifetime relationship with them 404 compute lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office i do not particularly care for wasabi you know if you're a look i don't i don't like sushi i'm a picky as much as i like to cook I mean, you all know i like to eat i'm fat but i wasabi no I, I'm, I'm not a sushi eater all the time i go up to the station he was like we should go get sushi it's like no the heck we should not go get sushi sushi is japanese for raw and no i i, I don't I want it i don't i got all these friends like let's go get sushi um i'll take the rice y'all can have the raw stuff that goes with it and i realize there's some people well, you can get cooked sushi uh you can get cooked raw food yeah oh uh, no i'm ugh. and and wasabi is is i don't like wasabi i'm nope no look there's a japanese place across from my office and I eat there probably twice a week. They've got fantastic teriyaki chicken, and, and they do shrimp just fine. The, and, and, but nope, I, I don't want sushi. I'm not a wasabi fan. I don't mind the heat. It's the fl- I don't like the flavor. But, but in Japan, Japanese researchers at Tohoku University have discovered that there is a type of mustard oil in it called Hexeraphine—it's in the plant's roots and rhizomes—and it turns out it boosts cognitive function in adults, particularly those over 60. In a study of 72 healthy adults aged 60 to 80, divided into two groups, one was given uh, eight tenths of a milligram of the supplement, equivalent to five grams of wasabi for 12 weeks. The other was given a placebo. Post-trial cognitive tests showed that the group taking the supplement showed a greater improvement in their episodic and working memories compared to the placebo group. Cognitive improvements were particularly evident in terms of their ability to process short conversations, perform simple calculations, and match names and faces. The findings were published October 30th. That's actually a pretty big deal, Uh, improve cognitive functions through eating, and it's not really the wasabi. It is um, part of the mustard oil, um, a byproduct of the mustard oil. It's it's fascinating, fascinating research. They're making progress on these sorts of things. But nope, I'm not going to eat sushi, but maybe I'll eat wasabi. Maybe. I don't know. Might forget. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom?